0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Dave. I'm Dave, and this, of course, is uh, coffee. So, happy Customer Service Week. We're in the middle of it, we're in the thick of it, and we're going to keep going with it. All right. So, we are going to be talking about a customer-centric culture, a culture of customer-centricity. And what we're going to be talking about is the business advantage of customer centricity, where the customer is at the forefront of everything that we do. And for those people that are not customer facing, uh, the admins, IT, stuff like that, um, cool, You're not off the hook because you're all part of the customer experience. You're all part of the customer centricity. So um, we're going to start off with the business hierarchy pyramids. And what those are is the typical one is the pointy part at the top. And then the base, well, the base is at the bottom awesome so it looks like a triangle or if you will a pyramid and at the very top of that pyramid is like senior management VPs directors C-suite whatever um, underneath that is like you know general managers underneath that are like supervisors team leads what have you underneath that is like administration um, IT and then underneath that are the frontline employees. Right? They're they're at the bottom. Um and that's cool. That that works. It's it works. But the newer pyramid was flipped. Okay, so they just turned it upside down. And so the frontline employees are at the very top the and so on and so forth and then the VPs, directors, C-suites at the bottom and yeah. And it means the exactly the same thing. But on those pyramids, where's the customer? Where does the customer sit on the pyramid of the business hierarchy? Where where are the stakeholders? Where where are where are the customers? So, there's a There's the old pyramid, there's the new pyramid, and then there's the correct pyramid. I'm going to flash all of them up on the screen right now. That was cool. So I hope you enjoyed those demonstrations, but those are the old pyramids, the new pyramid and the correct pyramid where the customer is all encompassing all levels of the organization. Now, according to Beyond Philosophy, LLC, and Colin Shaw, who is uh, one of the biggest uh, thinkers or biggest influencers, if you will, in customer experience, uh, he's narrowed down companies into four broad categories. Um, The first one is naive. The second one is transactional. The third one is enlightened and the fourth one is natural now naive companies naive people in this case um, are the people that don't know or just don't care about the customer they're only focused on themselves or their product or their service right transactional means just that they're just in it for you know quick money one and done, things like that. So enlightened, they know the importance of customer centricity. They know the importance of the customer experience, but they don't really know how to get there and they don't really know how to implement it correctly in a broad way for the entire company. Sure, they'll have customer service training and they'll care, but they don't know really how to make it surround the pyramid. And then there's the natural companies. And those are the ones that are just in it to win it as far as the customer experience or the customer is concerned. So where do you want to be on that spectrum? Most companies fall under the transactional. So um, which is apparent if you just look out there and see all the companies that are um, good example of a transactional company would be your your cable company right so good example of a natural company would be let's say Nordstrom or Zappos right so where customer centricity is the name of the game and with Zappos, um, they've empowered their employees to provide the best customer service possible. In fact, even going as far as that classic story that's in every single customer service book of the eleven-hour call, or the classic Nordstrom story of where Nordstrom had a customer come in with a tire to return it, and they they did. There's a big story behind that, but the gist of it is Nordstrom actually did buy out an old tire company, um, like an auto mechanic store, and they sold tires, and I don't know what they did with it. I think they turned it into part of their fleet or something, but like 15 years later, someone came in with a tire that they bought after the acquisition, and yeah, I don't know kind of a cool story, I guess. Um, but th- those are examples of natural. So how do you go from transactional to natural? It ain't easy because it requires a massive paradigm shift, a massive culture shift. And that starts at every single level of the organization, every single department of the organization that includes what's normally called the customer service department. Although customer service is not a department, it is a mindset, it is it is a culture. Um, it has to permeate through administration, it has to permeate through accounting and financials, it has to permeate through the C-suite, through VPs, through directors, through IT, through sales, through legal, through everything. So, It has to go through every aspect of the company, even for those people out there that are not customer facing, who have never talked to a customer before, you are still part of the customer experience and it's time to start acting like it. Everything you do affects the customer. Finish that paperwork on time? Awesome. You... You helped out the customer. Everything you do, everything you don't do, affects the customer either negatively or positively. So there's that. And again, doesn't matter if you talk to customers or not. There you go. The frontline employees, the people who are dealing directly with the customers, either virtually Over the phone or in person, they need to be empowered to do what's right for the customer and balance that with the needs of the business. Right? So you can't give away the farm because the customer is upset, but you might be able to give them a few eggs. Right? So, and those eggs don't have to be money. Those eggs in this metaphor that I literally just came up with right now, could be letting them vent, sending them a gift card, sending them a coupon packet, sending them a well-written, handwritten apology note for what happened. It mm, could be anything. It does not have to be monetary to make the customer feel better, to change their perception of what happened. And if you're in an industry that's been raked through the coals, you do have to go a bit over the top because what one company in your industry does reflects on all the others, rightly or wrongly. Conversely, as customer experience and customer service increases in level at other companies that customers deal with the higher your customer service needs to be to match that because customers are going to expect that same level of service. So let's say a customer is used to dealing with, I don't know, Amazon or the aforementioned Nordstrom's or for a fast food example, Chick-fil-A and then they go to McDonald's. Are they going to get that same level of service? Unfortunately, the reality is probably not, but they should. The other fast food restaurants should see what Chick-fil-A is doing, and political issues aside, they have great customer service. So the other fast food companies should be emulating that just to keep their customers. I've seen Chick-fil-A lines, I've seen In-N-Out lines, and then I've seen McDonald's. Lines through the drive-thru. There is a stark, stark difference. <clears throat> McDonald's lines, they're not too long anymore and they're slow, right? Contrast that with In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A. Those lines are massive and they're fast. Might not seem that fast when you're parked a quarter of a mile away from the drive-thru window but time it next time you're there. So, yeah. So, the more that your industry is rake right through the coals, the better you have to be, and the better other companies and other industries are at their customer service, the better you have to be. So the key thing is to be better. And you're only as good as your last customer interaction. Period. So, as I've said before, you have about seven seconds over the phone, to build up a good rapport with your with your customer, to make that good first impression. Now you have seven seconds to build that, but you have like three seconds to ruin it. So anywhere within that interaction. Or it could be ruined by the next person to pick up the ball and run with it. So that's why it needs to be consistent as well. What one department does, another person has to follow. And I'm not saying follow the bad. I'm saying follow the good. So if if this department is doing really, really well with the customer experience, with the customer service, the next department that has to pick it up needs to be just as or better than that department. And so on and so forth until the end of the customer's journey. Because let's face it, the customer service, the customer experience never stops. It just doesn't. After they send in the bill, after they send in the check, doesn't stop there. Eventually, they're going to get a thank you card, coupon. Hopefully, we did such a great job. They leave a review or they tell some friends about us and we get referrals that way. And then it keeps going on. The customer's journey doesn't stop, period. It just doesn't. And that's a good thing. So on that same note, there can't be any silos in the organization. There can't be any lone wolves or lone departments. So a classic example of this is imagine you're there, you're taking calls. Yep, yep. Using this example, and a customer calls in. There's a helicopter out there. Good old Mission Hills. There, a customer calls in and says, "Hey, we got this. Uh, we got this coupon in the mail. It says that uh, this." And the customer service rep, the person on the phone, is like, "Interesting. I've never heard of that. That's new to me." where did you get that oh I got it in the mail it was part of this uh this packet oh a packet from us cool what does it say you get the idea so that is a classic example of silos and the silos need to be destroyed there has to be open communication between all departments as far as the customer is concerned. And marketing and customer service is one of those classic examples of where there's a massive wall at some points. So, and I've seen it in a lot of organizations. I've heard about it a lot, I've read about it a lot. It's uh, unfortunately very common. Or the there's a, a new discount that people can add, that the salespeople can add. And the financial department is like, um, why why are there this many discounts on this? And that the salespeople will be like, well, our managers told us to do it. And then the managers come back and say, well, we discussed this in a giant meeting we had. Um, you're not aware? And the financial department is like, No. So no silos. All the all the departments, all the hierarchies have to communicate together as far as long as the customer is concerned. There's always going to be things that you know you can't discuss with people. But as far as the customer is concerned, as far as the customer experience is concerned, there has to be open communication. Period. And then the last thing we're going to cover on this to develop that customer centricity is to not so much worry about the customer experience, but to worry about the customer's experience. they are two different things. Customer experience is an all-encompassing, all thing that can be used as a metric, as a KPI, right? And that's done through uh, customer surveys. Uh, CSAT scores um, NPS scores things like that, so that's cool But it doesn't tell the whole picture It doesn't tell us what the customers experience was and here's why people lie if you give someone a question and you ask them to say on a scale of 1 to 10 how would you describe your experience with this company. Um, They're not gonna be exactly truthful or their perception is gonna be a little shifted depending on their mood, depending on what they ate, depending on how much they slept. And then a telltale sign of someone lying on one of those one to 10 surveys is if they put a seven. A seven is the safe number. Seven means, yeah, it was awful. But I don't want to say it was awful. It was okay. So, and then you might get someone who would have given you a six one day, but because they were in a bad mood because their kid, I don't know, hit them in the head with a matchbox car, gave you a four. So it's all dependent on mood of the current time, not exactly of the service itself. And then... There's other surveys where the person over the phone will be like, hey, I'm going to send you a survey. This is just about me, okay? This is how I handled you. If you could please finish it and send it back, here's the thing. If the customer had a great experience with the phone person, but a piss poor experience with anybody else down the chain, The people down the chain are going to affect that score. Even though the person on the phone said, this is just about me. It's never just about you. The entire company needs to be customer-centric, customer-focused, and we need to start putting that into play. Because, one, it's the right thing to do, two, It's the smart thing to do, and it's the only thing that makes business sense. So let's get up to natural on that spectrum I mentioned earlier. There ain't no reason not to. This has been Coffee with Dave. Finish your coffee. I know I will. And have yourself a great and wonderful, productive, fantastic day and the rest of Customer Service Week.